The Felony Report. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clare. Welcome back, my friends, to the Lions of Liberty podcast. This is episode number 165. And that means you can find today's show notes featuring everything we discuss in the show over at lionsofliberty.com slash 165. And during this holiday season, when you're out there shopping for gifts for your friends or your family, if you're generous, I'm not, I don't really do that. Hopefully you guys are more generous than I am. No, I'm just kidding. But while you're out there shopping for your friends and family, you can also help us out here at Lions of Liberty by shopping through our Amazon affiliate link. This costs you absolutely nothing to do while helping us fund and perhaps even expand our operation here at Lions of Liberty. Maybe we'll talk about that in a minute. Please do head on over to lionsofliberty.com slash Amazon to shop through our link. We really do appreciate the help. And today we feature the return of our very popular segment known as The Felony Report. The Felony Report. That's right. The Felony Report is back. And here to talk about felonies with me is our felony expert, a guy who, well, we've heard from a couple times on our uh, debate reaction shows, but it's the first time we've had a little felony chat in over three months. Mr. John Odermatt, welcome back to the show. Your show. Our show. What is up, man? It has been so long. I can't even remember the last time we did this, but it is great to be back. It truly is. Yeah, literally been over three months. It was early September the last time we recorded an edition yeah, of the Felony that's Report. That's right, because it, yeah, it was before uh, my daughter Ruby was born. So there yeah, that go. was uh, probably early September we Which did. Which is uh, precisely why we went on a little hiatus here. Because I guess I don't know. I guess raising a baby takes time, or I don't know. You get tired, you don't sleep. That's what I hear. I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, at first it affected my sleep, but then basically the middle of the night, you know, my wife normally wakes up and takes care of that so I can sleep. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's taxing on her. But. All right, good. Well, it's <laughs> I'm just kidding. It, make, it makes it sound like I'm a terrible dad. I'm I, I do do a lot of stuff, and the first the first week of yeah, her like life, bring home the bacon. The first week of her life, I literally changed every single diaper. So, yeah. and you do the most important thing was which is promote a more free society for your daughter to grow up in. That's true. That's true. I do. I do my part. I do what I can. All right. So why don't we briefly, I mean, we're going to make an announcement towards the end of the show about the future of your, your sort of uh, delving into the world of felonies. And, uh, but the first announcement, the first part of that announcement is that this is actually the final edition of the felony report. So after, after all this buildup, all this talk what? about you, could, yeah, though, no, you didn't know. I'm sorry. I, I thought we were on the same you didn't page. Tell here. me. Yeah, no, uh, we are actually wrapping up this felony report as a as a regular feature, even though it's been a few months since we've done one. But uh, we're going to close down shop, sort of. But uh, another shop might open down the street, and maybe we'll talk talk about that towards the end of the show. But final edition of the felony report, kids. So uh, I'm sorry if, if you've been enjoying this segment. Um, you know, you're going to have to find something else to do. But no, I'm just kidding. We're, we're... We might have something else you might like. We might. Please, just listen to the end of the show. That's all we ask. Uh, no, that's called a high-level teaser, maybe a low-level teaser. I don't know. Mid-level. Uh, why don't we briefly, for anyone that might not have heard the Felony Report before, just give us the the like 30-second elevator speech version of, of what you've been doing with Felony Friday, why you're so passionate about the issues uh, facing felons in this country. So, yeah, um, basically what I try to do with Felony Friday, I've, I've, been, I've been writing this column for two and a half years. I try to, try to dive into... Different sorts of felonies, but basically some felonies where people have really had their their rights infringed upon, um, either by police or maybe just by a ridiculous law. 
um, different kinds of things like that, or maybe just a crazy out there felony. Like we, we had the one a little while back where the people were throwing pecan pies at each other. So we died. That was a funny story. Yeah. It was a ridiculous story and it was in Colorado. So, uh, you know, maybe there was a little, little, uh, mind altering substances involved. I'm not sure. It's possible. But, uh, anyway, Try to dive in and really look at whose rights are being violated. I think that's that's the main the main objective of the felony report and to raise awareness about the plight of felons, as we like to say. We talk about the plight of felons. We talk about all the restrictions that felons have on their uh, have on their rights after they finish their prison sentence and they're released into society, so called as as free people. They're you know they're not, not allowed to vote. They're not allowed to. Uh, they don't have the Second Amendment rights um, and, and other things like that. There's so, there's so many restrictions. And, of course, that goes without saying the restrictions of just carrying that label with you of being a felon, regardless of if it's you're a nonviolent offender, you know, maybe it's a, a victimless crime and whatnot. So the main point, I guess, to, to make it a long story short, I didn't keep it to 30 seconds. I, I made up that time to, limit. It was arbitrary. No, no worries. The main point is to, to raise awareness about the plight of felons, I will say. Sure. I mean, even in the private sector, I mean, just having that label can make it difficult for people to find places to live, uh, for people to get work. I mean, even beyond just government laws, just the um, the overall stigma that comes with that, that label of felony really just, it affects people in so many ways ways and there are literally millions of people that carry that label in this country so this is a very a very major issue and it's one that affects many many people i mean almost everybody at least has a family member that has has been in jail or that has been convicted of a felony so it really does it really is something that affects everybody yeah, it's kind of like a kevin bacon six degrees of separation yeah. <laughs> and I, I doubt it's six for most people it's probably like two or three degrees yeah. of felonies or first first degree of, of felonies for for some people for the actual felons out there sadly is kevin bacon a felon no uh, I don't know, but he's probably got just one or two degrees from being one. He's probably committed else. a felony today without even knowing it. He I bet he tough. has because there are so many things that are felonies that people don't even realize are felonies. I mean, there, there's this book, Harry Silvergate, that we've, we've talked about before, and I'm looking to have him on the show eventually because he's got he's working on a new book. I've actually spoken to his people, but he is the author of Three Felonies a Day, and it's basically a book that documents uh, all the ways we commit felonies due to the ridiculous size of the the legal code i mean it's it's ginormous there's no way any human being could reasonably know all the laws in the books and people routinely commit felonies without even realizing it so this really is something that if it doesn't affect you it can and because and especially in the in this day and age we're in with the, the surveillance state where we're all being watched all these felonies we're accidentally committing are many of them are probably being recorded in ways that we don't even realize so scary yeah. stuff Three felonies a day. I have that on my Christmas list. So hopefully, if uh, if anyone out there is listening that you know is buying a present for me, you can pick that up and even do do me one better, do us one better, and buy it through our Amazon link. There so, you go, lionsofliberty.com/slash/amazon. That's right, Harry Silvergate. Yep. All right. Well, hopefully uh, Santa will be shopping uh, for that through our Lions of Liberty link. Uh, if you've been a good boy this year, I don't know how that all works. I'm Jewish. I don't know. So. I don't have to be good to get presents in Judaism. That's a matter of so opinion. You might want to think about converting. We don't have to be good at all. We just have to fast like once a year and we're totally absolved you of our sins, presents. but not of our felonies, sadly. Just not eating just cleans you. Yeah, it's that simple. Really effective method. So let's look at a few of the stories that you've, um, that obviously we can't cover everything you've been looking at in the last three months. Because even through all this baby stuff, you have kept up your weekly column, which really is impressive. But let's look at a few stories and then we'll tell everybody about the future of of your work in the felony world and, and what's going to change about that uh, as it relates to the show. But I want to start looking at this. Th- this story is really tragic. I mean, um, 
and, and it's, it's something we talked about. Uh, I think we did mention it on, on a, one podcast or two, but I really want this story to, this is something so sad and tragic that I, I really don't think it can be discussed enough. I don't think it, people can be made aware enough of it and, and of the fact that this kind of thing goes on. So why don't you tell us about uh, this guy um, in Michigan, this guy who was, he was jailed for something very simple, basically a traffic ticket, but 17 days later, this man was dead in, in jail. So describe what happened here. Yeah, it's, it's really, really terrifying that, something like this can happen in the United States of America in a so-called civilized society. Um, but to, to get into the story a little bit, um, so what happened here, the, the, the man's name, uh, David, I'm going to butcher his last name. I apologize for this story. Stoyzevskis. The least of his problems. Yeah. Um, so he, like Mark uh, said, he was arrested for, he owed some traffic tickets, uh, $772 worth. So the judge sentenced him to, spending a month in prison and going into prison he was a drug addict he was addicted to methadone xanax clonopin which i'm not familiar with but a drug for anxiety which immediately makes him sort of an undesirable in the lie in the eyes of the law even if you know what he's being arrested for isn't for that and in the eyes of many people that might see this story they'll say ah well he's a drug addict i mean you know he was hopeless anyway i mean he was he was going to get in trouble with the law anyway i mean i I think that's an attitude you've probably seen a lot just just posting the story around which which is kind of i mean when you really think about it that is really that's a really disgusting attitude for you know, a civilized person to have, you know, who's a, they're a drug addict, who who cares about them? I mean, that, that, that's, that's just, that's not acceptable. You know, I mean, we're, we're all human beings. We should want to take care of each other. And I mean, I think what this story highlights once I get into it is, you know, lives matter. And the, the best way to uh, rehabilitate somebody who's a drug addict is not to do so in jail, but to get into the story a little bit. So he's in jail. He starts going through withdrawal, obviously. um, And they're, they actually misdiagnosed him. I don't know if it was intentional or they were just being, um, you know, they're just being jerks about it or um, just trying to ignore the problem. They they missed the, they diagnosed him with a, a mental disorder for the way he was acting, going through having his withdrawal symptoms. So in order to um, protect him from himself, as 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 they were quoted as saying, they stripped him naked and put him in, uh, I guess he went between, going between solitary confinement. He did have a, a cellmate at, at one time that who was, who was also naked. But to, to even, to pile onto this, to make it even worse, the entire time that he's in this jail cell, he's naked and he's being monitored. He's, he's being under, he's under complete video surveillance the entire time. There's people sitting there watching him, maybe not 24 hours a day, but there is a video feed that people can look at and, and watch him. And at one time he... He fights. He fights the other guy in the cell because he's just hallucinating and going going insane because he's going through crazy amounts of withdrawal, not having those drugs in his system. Fights this other guy. So instead of you know maybe that opening some eyes, saying this guy needs some help, they just take take the other guy out of the cell and leave him still by himself naked. And it's uh, it gets really disgusting. Where I mean, how do you leave anyone naked in jail? Let alone this guy who's clearly having some kind of issue, even if they didn't identify what that is. I, I don't know. I mean, I mean it's obviously really, it's, that's rhetorical, but it's, it's so it's yeah. just so obviously inhumane. No matter what the person is accused of, let alone that he's there for a traffic ticket, essentially. Yeah, you, you can go to. Uh, I, I mean, to watch this video, I you know I suggest I suggest everyone should should watch this just to see how horrifying it is, and this does happen in the United States of America. And we'll link to all this in the show notes at, at lionsofliberty.com/slash/one sixty-five. 
We'll link to it, um, but you can also, you know, go to the while you're listening, if, if you want to, you can go to linesofbelief.com um, fel- uh, slash Felony Friday, and it's in the archive there. Um, Felony Friday, man jailed for traffic ticket, dies in cell after 17 days. Um, so, it, it, the the physical changes that this man went under were noticeable. He lost 50 pounds. He's suffering convulsions, laying on the floor while being uh, under video surveillance. And people who are supposed to be protecting us, police officers, um, authority figures, watch this all happen and let the man die. And it's, it's just, uh, you know, as Mark, as Mark said before, I mean, everybody should know about this story and should know that this happens um, probably a lot more often than, than we know. Um, there's probably stories like this that don't get reported. And what's worse than the fact that this all happened, I mean, tragic things happen every day, sadly, but there's doesn't look like there's going to be any justice in this case. Nobody's going to be, there, no charges are going to be brought upon anybody. Uh, it's just going to be kind of swept under the rug. There's some outrage. We're outraged about it. Uh, I'm sure his family are, is outraged about it, and I, I'm sure they are pursuing, you know, legal courses of action around this, but uh, it's certainly not going to come from the state. They're not going to be bringing charges on anybody for this, as, as far as I know. Yeah, the... Uh... And the people who are responsible for it will face no consequences, right? You know, they're not going to end up, um, you know, having to serve any time in jail for murder, really, which is what happened here. You know, it'll be, if anything, the state, uh, you know, that will take money from the taxpayers to, um, you know, give some money to the family for pain and suffering of having to go through this. Sure, even but, if there is a judgment at some point in a civil court, I mean, it's not going to come out of the, the pockets of the the actual individuals who, who you know, were, were on there committing this act. To me, it's an aggression. Even if he's in jail for a legitimate reason, you should be responsible for someone when you've put them in that position. Even if they've committed a real crime, even if they're in jail for some sort of quote-unquote legitimate reason. It's a traffic ticket, $772. He couldn't pay the fine. Judge throws him in jail. Probably sees this guy's a drug addict. I'm going to throw him in jail. That's really not legitimate to me. I mean, the judge maybe. I think judges have the ability to sentence someone to uh, a drug rehab program or something like that. It's, I, I, I don't know. It's, there, there has to be a better way in society for us to for us to deal with situations like this. It's unacceptable to to not be more civil. Absolutely. Now, now moving from Michigan, I actually want to move over to uh, the state of Wyoming for a second because they have a, a bill that, um, well, what it's we know we talk about the war on drugs and libertarians will often say, you know, look, things are going so well. We're getting marijuana legalization across the country, medical marijuana, um, you know, recreational marijuana in Colorado and Washington. And uh, things are going well. And there's there's some truth to that uh, for the for the, the most part. But uh, at the same time, we can't forget that the war on drugs is still going quite strong. And, and it certainly doesn't seem to be why down in Wyoming. So what is this bill that they're trying to pass in Wyoming about about pot edibles of all things? Yeah, it's it's funny. Which, which, about- I, which I might add before I get into that, I'm already going to cut you off where you can say two words about it. But <laughs> I mean, pot edibles, uh, compare that to what this kid was on. I mean, the drugs that this kid was on uh, in, in Michigan. I mean, he was on, uh, he was addicted to what was it? Um, Xanax, methadone, clonopin, and those are all legal drugs. I mean, they're, you need a prescription, but those are all legal. Those drugs resulted in his death. You know, part part of the result of his death was from the sort of the officers ignoring his medical problems and, and treating him so inhumanely. The other half of his death was his own drug addiction. So, um, and and those drugs are far more dangerous than you know pot or even an edible form. But go on. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, they're going after edibles because you know it's uh, they say it's more potent, which which I, I mean it is to to some degree. But you know what all what also is potent is hard liquor, and you know they put all kinds of different uh, grain you know, alcohol. I mean, yeah, yeah, grain alcohol, absolutely. So in, in Wyoming, they're they're trying to obviously Wyoming. You know, I'm not a geography person per se, but I know Wyoming and Colorado are next to each other. So they're having a little problem there. Sadly, with- that's probably more geography knowledge than uh, most of our America, excluding our, our very informed audience, of course. That is true. That is true. We do have the most informed audience on the interwebs. I've, uh, it's been polled, and that's a fact. There you go. Thanks, Reuters, so, uh, for conducting that poll for us. Write it down. Write it down. Um, so Wyoming, the people there are not as liberal, I, I guess, as they are in Colorado if that's just probably not the right word, but they're not as open to uh, marijuana being used within their borders, a little more uh, draconian. So they're trying to um, put a stop to uh, the, the edibles specifically. So normally, if you're caught in the state of Wyoming, you're going to be charged based on um, the ounces of, of weed that you have. You can't really do that with edibles because it's, it's more potent. You know, they're using an oil to make cookies or piece of candy or, or whatever, something like that, or even just a THC pill. So, so the way that they're going, that the lawmakers have preferred or uh, have proposed to criminalize this is by taking the entire weight of, of a cookie or a brownie or whatever baked good or piece of candy that, that, uh, that you, that a person could be, could be caught with for having illegally for possessing illegally. So they'll take all the butter and sugar and chocolate and flour and all the ingredients and all of that stuff goes towards the weight and anything over three ounces in weight, even if it's, you know, just a little tiny trace of THC oil in there, a little tiny trace of THC oil in your brownie or cookie, if it's in three ounces of cookies, then you're going to have a felony conviction. It could be. So it could be hardly any pot in reality. I mean, it could be even a weak pot cookie, but they're going to add up the amount of the cookie. And if there's any pot in it, it's the weight of the cookie that counts, which seems crazy. Yeah, because they've said, I guess their excuse is that there are not certified crime labs in the United States that can analyze THC content of a marijuana edible. So this is why we... Uh, have laws like this proposed. We had a similar thing, if you remember back in um, in Texas, I think it probably occurred maybe a year ago or something, there was the the teenager who was charged with a felony for, for uh, having pot brownies. He was making the brownies and his neighbor smelled them, smelled the, uh, you know, could smell the, mar- the scent of marijuana cooking, called the police and he was arrested. He ended up getting out of that felony though. But it's just amazing. And, and he was facing possibly life for that. Yeah, which is yeah. just mind-boggling that uh, you know an 18, 19 year old kid would be have his life ended just just for cooking pot brownies. This is insane to me. Where whereas I live in California, where a five minute trip to the doctor and a, and a, you walk into a store and you buy pot brownies. I mean, it, it's crazy that the differences in two states in the same country. It it's it is amazing, and it's amazing when you look at you know we talk about our presidential candidates a lot just the, just the view on marijuana and the war on drugs overall between different candidates i'm for the most part the entire um entire republican party with the exception of probably Rand paul i can't think of anyone else would probably favor something like this wyoming bill on the democrat side i'm sure bernie sanders would be against it hillary clinton she'll probably conduct a poll to find out <laughs> and i don't know what martin o'malley would want to do he's a robot so it's all no telling. D- depends on his programming we don't we, we don't have access to the code so we're not sure 
but all right so uh, let's move on then i mean it, there's this one topic I really want to touch upon. This is actually from another feature you write at lionsofliberty.com known as Second Amendment Watch, where you take a weekly-ish look at Second Amendment issues. And this one relates to a, a certain presidential candidate. Uh, I know he's a favorite of yours. Uh, Mr. John Ellis Bush Bush. That's right, Jeb Bush. And uh, what what is Jeb Bush opposed to here when it comes to, a, I mean, he's a Republican, so he should be all for Second Amendment rights, uh, right? You would think so, and uh, he wrote an article or a uh, a uh, op-ed, an opinion piece in the Iowa Republican. Just had, it happened. Did George Bush ever write an op-ed? I feel like he never did. I, I think d- he paints them. I think he paints his <laughs> opinion pieces. George W. Here's some bushes, and here's some cows. Here's my op-ed. All right. Anyway, so Jeb might already be smarter than George, but anyway, go on. Yeah, he might be. He probably is. But anyway, that's not gonna, just that alone is not going to get him the presidency. No, no, it's not. So he, he writes this he writes this opinion piece. It, I think it actually ran like the day after or maybe the same day as the San Bernardino um, uh, mass shooting. It wasn't planned like that, obviously. But anyway, he comes out supporting you know a real strong Republican piece, supporting Second Amendment rights. But you know it's it's he's not supporting everyone's Second Amendment rights. He's supporting um, Second Amendment rights for most citizens. Um, he went on in the article to talk about. You know, he was the governor of Florida, so he's got to brag about <clears throat> his very Republican and tough on crime um, record in, as the governor of Florida. And one of the things he, he did in Florida was he had legislation that he called 1020 Life. So basically, the, the, the way that worked, if, if, a, if a criminal, if a felon used a gun, a gun in a crime, they received a mandatory minimum sentence of 10 years. If a uh, felon... Uh, fired a gun in the commissioning a crime, they received a mandatory minimum sentence of 20 years. If a felon fired a weapon or, or wounded or killed another person, they were put behind bars for life, 1020 life. Now, now I have no sympathy for people that commit crimes or that assault people, and especially people that use guns, because that actually offends me even more a little bit, because then it gives all other gun owners a bad name, and it makes people go call for gun bans and gun control and, and that sort of thing. But, you know, that part of it isn't as offensive as, as what we're going to get to. But I mean, just, just the but I still don't see why committing a crime specifically with a gun makes it way worse. You know why? You know, whatever you're doing, you should be punished for the crime itself, not for the specific tool. I mean, if you run over someone with a car, is that really worse? Is that really better than if you had shot a gun at them? You know, right. And, and the punishment should the punishment should be equal. Right. I mean, we should have equality, equality under the law, you know. If, if you're going to, you know, if a felon serves their time in jail, I mean, regardless if it's a, an actual violent crime and they serve, you know, a significant amount of time in jail and they're supposedly re- rehabilitated, or if it's a, a victimless crime, a nonviolent crime, something that, you know, we might agree here on this show and our audience would probably agree if it's something related to the drug war, that is, they shouldn't even have been in jail in the first place. First place. But either way, they're out of jail. They, they should be considered reform. So, so why would they have, have a, a different set of laws applied to them for committing a crime? If you kill someone, you kill someone. I mean, it's it, the, the felon um, who gets a gun, I guess they would have to be getting the gun illegally in most states because they don't have access. They don't have their Second Amendment rights in most states. If a felon gets a gun and kills someone, heck yeah, they should go to jail for killing someone. If, I mean, you don't need a law saying they go to jail for life. They go to, they have a trial by jury. The jury looks at the facts 
they go to jail. I mean, they, they go to jail. They, they serve their time. There's no need for this other law. This is just a way for Bush to, to puff his chest and pretend that he's tough on crime. And in reality, he's just making a double standard for felons. And this, mean, is, this is a touchy issue, because gun rights with felons, because even you'll even get people saying, you know, that are, that are pro-gun and everything. Yeah, but we at least, you know, I'm, I'm all for keeping them out of the hands of felons. And on the surface, that, that makes sense. If you're a, maybe a casual follower of what felons means, you hear the word criminal, you think of a violent, terrible person. Of course, I don't want that person having a gun. But as we talked about the, at the beginning of the show, millions and millions of people in America are felons. And, you know, not all of those people were violent criminals. Many of those people are victims of the war on drugs. Many of those people committed no nothing we would consider a true crime against another person's property or an, another person's body. Many of those people are simply victims of this war on drugs or, or other victimless crimes because there are so many felonies out there that people are committing, many of them without even realizing it, like, like we stated earlier. So this really does affect a wide swath of people and you can't just say felons can't have guns because it really it's kind of relates to this, this speech this past Sunday in a way when President Obama suggested that anyone on a terrorist watch list should not be allowed to have a gun. Well, that that sounds again, that sounds, you know, that sounds logical. Of course, so we know someone's a terrorist uh, or is, is suspected of being a terrorist. Why should they have a gun? But then you, you this, that's actually worse than the felony thing because to get on a terrorist watch list, all you have to do is be suspected of something. If someone phones in an anonymous tip, if you do make some comments online that someone in the government doesn't like, boom, on the watch list. And there's over a million people on the terrorist no-fly list. So that that's just a million, another million people overnight that would just be immediately deprived of gun rights. So there, there are many ways that, that the government and the laws and the systems in place can attack uh, the right to own a gun, the right to, to defend yourself. And at the end of the day, it doesn't make sense that you can let someone out from jail, but then still say they're so dangerous that they can't have a gun. I don't really, it doesn't really make sense to me. If someone's too dangerous and you're afraid they'll use a gun, well, they, they probably shouldn't be out of jail anyway. You know, they, they, they maybe they should have a longer sentence. Not that I'm necessarily advocating that either. No, I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, these, uh, these laws that uh, are, targeted at gun felons it's an illusion that they're actually making anyone safer you know there's not going to be anyone that you know was a felon and and, and served their time and you know they're, they're seeking to, to harm someone maybe they're looking to rob a bank or or i don't know maybe they're just angry and they're you know committing a crime for whatever reason they're not going to think oh wait a minute I shouldn't be doing this with. I shouldn't be doing this right now because my my crime is is more is a uh, is is heavier because I'm a felon. I'm going to have twenty years instead of somebody who's not a felon who's ten years. People people don't think that way. Um, the, it's it's just a it's it's really just a way for Republicans to score points with with Republicans. Um, and as you said before, it's something that sounds like sounds like a good thing. It sounds like yeah, let's let's keep uh, keep guns out of the hands of felons. Well then, why the you know if we're keeping guns out of the out of the hands of felons, then should they really be released into free, into a free society where they can easily just get a gun on the black market? And again, not all people that are committed of even a gun crime are necessarily violent people. We we talk about our past podcast guest Brian Aitken, who was on the show uh, last year, and I mean his story is you know he had legal guns that he purchased in Colorado. He went through all the processes. He called the p- the police in New Jersey where he was moving to, and uh, you know he went through every step that he was supposed to go through. The federal government let him fly into the state with the guns. Uh, he was even allowed to have the guns, but when he was moving from house to house to a new place of residence. 
uh, they the police arre- arrested him and just for possessing the guns that were legally his, and he was sentenced to eight years in jail. Luckily, he only served less than a year, and as he was, he was uh, had his sentence commuted by Governor Christie, uh, but he, the state sentenced him to eight years for committing no crime. I mean, literally no crime. Uh, I don't just say that in the way that we say, well, it shouldn't have been a crime because it's, you know, uh, you know, again, not against, not a violation of rights. No, it literally wasn't even a crime in the state of New Jersey, what he was doing. And he went to jail for eight years because of an overzealous prosecution and a political system that inherently hates guns. In New Jersey, they do. That's for sure. Yeah. At least in New Jersey. (laughs) Um, and, and Hey, even if Chris Christie was doing it for political points, it is good that he uh, he got Brian Aiken out of jail. So if nothing else, you know, kudos to Christie for that. And, and a couple of good pardons he's had uh, related to gun issues, even if we might be a little suspicious about uh, how genuine he is about his uh, seemingly newfound uh, love of gun rights. Chris Christie gets a kudos for the Second Amendment on the last felony report. That's amazing. Mm, that is amazing. All right, so you know we we teased him at the top of the show that we are ending the felony report, but uh, fear not, folks, because if you enjoy hearing uh, John Odermatt and myself and uh, the rest of our cast and crew here at Lions of Liberty discussing the plight of felons, that is not going to be ending. Uh, so why don't you tell us officially, John Odermatt, what is the future of your felony work? What are, what's the next step here? Well, the felony report is going to turn into the Felony Friday podcast. The Felony Friday podcast. That's right. It's going to be every single week, every ah. single Friday. We're going to be looking at felonies that happened that week. Maybe we'll look at, you know, five felonies that happened that week. Maybe we'll focus Whoa. on one major felony that happened. Maybe we'll bring on a, a guest who's an expert in, in the field of, in the field of uh, felonies. Maybe we'll bring on someone who's had their life personally impacted by, uh, you know, serving time in jail for being convicted of a felony and, and seeing what they had to go through integrating back into society. Uh, there's all kinds of different ways we can take this. I'm super excited about it, super excited to have a weekly Felony Friday podcast. And uh, hopefully, you know, we, we will still have every Friday, we will still have uh, Felony Friday that'll publish. And what it'll be, it'll be the podcast and we'll have some show notes where maybe we go in depth more on a couple of the uh of the felonies we talk about. So I'm excited about it. All right. So just despite the fact that the felony report is winding down, uh, when one thing dies like the Phoenix, a, a new life arises and we will have a felony Friday podcast. And it's going to be, of course, on Fridays. So, hey, this is really this, the synergy is just off the charts. <laughs> That's, that's what we strive for, right? We try to make things easy. You know? And, and don't freak out, easy. everybody. We've alluded to it a few times, but the Felony Friday podcast is not replacing any of the current podcasts you get. It's a brand new additional podcast that you'll get from Lions of Liberty every single week. So you'll have two other episodes every week, just like you do now. Plus, you'll get the Felony Friday podcast every single Friday. So exciting stuff. Uh, it's probably going to be about a month or so till we start this, I believe. Do we agree on the launch date? It looks like January 8th will be the first edition of Felony Friday. Friday podcast. Yeah, but I think by the time this airs, it'll be maybe a little little less than a month. So yeah. All right. So you got time to tell all your friends to spread the word about the Felony Friday podcast. We're very excited about it. And uh, I guess next time I'll be talking to you will be next week when we uh, we got some more debates to watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next debate. Do you think the plight of felons will be a, a subject in the debates at all? 
Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's probably only only if Rand Paul brings it up. It'll right? Probably all be about the Second Amendment and about uh, terrorism and immigration. And- that will be talked about. There's no doubt that that's going to be a, a major issue that they're really going to talk about gun control a lot um, in, in both the Republican and Democrat debates. So uh, it, it might give us some uh, some good talking points for, for future Felony Friday podcasts even. Who knows? Yeah, uh, of course. We will incorporate the uh, presidential election into Felony Friday, if, if and when possible. All right. So it's been a good run here, I think, doing the Felony Report here on the Finds of Liberty podcast. But I look at it like this, Odie. I look at it like, um, you know, Happy Days. Would you ever watch the show Happy Days? I was a big fan of Happy with Days. With the Fonz? Yeah. With the Fonz. He yelled at me at a function when I called him the Fonz. Yeah, Happy Days is a popular show. And uh, it got so big that it became too big for one show. And there became spinoffs. So you got, you got Mork and Mindy was a spinoff from the Happy Days. Not many people know that you got Laverne and Shirley you got Joni and Chachi so that's just what we're doing here we're having a spin-off show uh which of those three do you think most relates to felony Friday podcast I have no idea I'll go with uh Joni and Chachi I like where you're going which one of us is Joni is the question which one's Chachi let the audience determine that all right so uh you can tweet to us if you think uh, Odie is Joni or Chachi or if Mark is Joni or Chachi uh all right guys well please do stay tuned for the Felony Friday podcast coming to you in 2016 again it's been a good run Odie until next week live long and And live live free Contact johnny53 at gmail.com.